everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Keep your assets close, but your liabilities closer. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking? I really like that one. You do? Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm just realizing that this is this is becoming like a religious process for me. Mm-hmm. Just the first sip of the beer before the episode just ah, gets me excited. See, that's a mindful technique. To, you just remember that you're drinking a beer and life is good and you enjoy things. It's a good, it's a good makes, practice. Yeah. yeah, it makes me smile, man. Oh, yeah, so good. Today is uh, Monkshine. It's brewed with organic barley and hops. It's a Belgian-style blonde ale and damn fucking delicious. You love your Belgian beers, don't you? You know it, dude. And in the summer when it's hot. Ah. But tell me. <sighs> tell me, Mr. Givanisi. Uh-huh. What is it that you're drinking? I'm and drink- how are you? I'm good. I'm drinking <laughs> um, Brewery Omegang. Cooperstown, mm. New York. It's called Hop House. It's a dried hop pale ale. And I poured it vigorously, and it foamed up in the gla- in the pint glass. But that's how you, you That's know, true. You you were, I wasn't looking. I was, pour, I was pouring my beer out, and you made this noise. I thought it was like the nastiest beer. No, apparently, you, you no, drank it through your nose. Is that what you did? <laughs> it went up my nose. <laughs> I had so much foam in my mouth. I didn't want it to overflow on my desk and on my keyboard, and like my keyboard all sticky. Not You're like, ah! <laughs> yeah, so it's really very good, actually. It's a dry hopped, so. I love Omegang. Yeah, Omegang's, uh, it's good stuff. Um, so, today we're going to have five questions. Our favorite. Hell yeah. I almost I was like, wait, what are we talking about again? Oh, shit. Yeah, five questions today, and if you got questions, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com, and we will answer them on segments like these. So, Perfect. And today's catchphrase was sent to us by our buddy Thomas Frank from collegeinfogeek.com. At Tom Frankly, keep your assets close, but your liabilities closer. Mm. You like that? I did. I really did like that. I didn't know it was from him, though. Yeah. You can send them via Twitter. It's at Money Matters Man's our Twitter account. Send them. Say hello on Twitter, people. Yeah. Come on. Google Plus. I'm always on Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter. So much fun. You can spend all night on there. It, it's so much fun for me to read but not participate in. Okay. <laughs> I like it like that. I like it like that. I like it like that. Anyway. I got so. I got so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's what one beer will do to you in the morning. Anyway, uh, let's get started with questions, shall we? We have uh, going to crank through these. I think we shall. Uh, first, uh, first one comes from Melissa. And she writes, actually, is that Melissa spelled correctly? Is there an A in that? That is, that is correct. Okay. I right. double-checked that. She wrote it. It's like that dot her last name. All that right. something. Cool. Dot something. I know you've already done a show on handling money in a relationship, but what about updating your fiscal strategy when you're, com- when you're cohabiting and married? I think Angela will probably be a font of knowledge on this one. Sorry, Matt. Uh, would love to hear more about this as I'm moving in with my long-term boyfriend soon, and I want to make the wisest decisions for both of us. I I get that a lot. Do you? Yeah. The people are just like, <laughs> that Andrew, he is a font of knowledge. He is a font of knowledge. <laughs> what, I, I, what, is, what does she mean there? A wealth, I guess? <laughs> Uh, fancy font i don't know dude okay. like I'm, I'm like the comic sans of you definitely are something mm. you're definitely sans something <laughs> so what is what is your advice for uh melissa um 
what I think you need to do when you're cohabiting and married is you both need to be contributing, but uh, contributions are, are not equal because you may make more than him or, or vice, vice versa. Yeah. So what Laura and I did is we determined we, we totaled up my income plus her income after taxes for a month mm -hmm. um, and found out what proportion of that income was mine. What proportion was hers? So you it you combined it. So you, so what happens is so the, so the say say it. like let, I'll give you like an example. Yeah. So say that um, uh, Laura makes one thousand dollars after taxes a month, and I make three thousand dollars after taxes a month. So you both get two thousand. No, no, no. That would mean that seventy five percent of the total income is coming from me. Twenty five percent is coming from Laura. Thus. Laura should pay 25% of the rent, 25% of the utilities, and so on. So this way, it is equally painful in relation. It, yeah, it, you mean, yeah, I know what you mean. So, so what happens is because you're both paying, it winds up being so much cheaper for each it's of you. It's the same percentage for both of you. It, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so you I, I base found, everything off of percentages. Right, because, uh, I mean, it, to put it in perspective, our first place was kind of expensive. It was like $17.50 mm -hmm. a month. And um, that would have been enormously expensive for Laura to pay half from what she was earning at that time. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, the, well, with the utility bill and all the pieces, she would have had like no money left. You know, I happened to be earning well, so it was only fair that we each had the equal amount of pain. Okay. I, that makes sense. Mm. Okay. So I think that was huge. And then the one other thing. But you're not did, joining. I mean, you're married. You're not joining accounts or anything. Uh, I know so, you had a joint checking account, but it was separate from both of your original checking accounts. But you haven't just completely combined everything. We haven't completely combined everything because uh, we both appreciate a certain degree of like autonomy mm -hmm. where, um, you know, Laura wants to go and get something from Target, whatever. Like we, we have some flexibility there, but I think that depends on the couple, you know. And then the, the one other thing that I thought was really helpful if you're not – so if you combine your stuff and you're married, fine. Uh, but if you're not going to combine your stuff or you want to ease in, a joint account would be great where all bills can hit that. And then you each transfer your portions in at the beginning of the month. So she would transfer in the 25% of the rent, mm -hmm. the 25% of the utilities, whatever, the, the groceries. And then it would just come from there. The way I would do it if I were going to move in with somebody, mm. which I've never – I don't think I've ever almost done. But I've definitely talked about it. The way I would do it is I would pay for things and then she would pay for things. So we would never split anything. What what I would do personally is I would maybe be in charge of paying the mor mortgage slash rent and all the utility bills or maybe just paying the mortgage slash rent and she pays all the utility bills. And then I would pay for – you know, then we would split money for just generals, general going outs, going mm. outing, outings. I don't know what I'm trying to say. So I would basically split it as – 
I would take the mortgage slash rent. She would take the utilities and all the bills. They go. I, I had an old coworker that did that, where yeah. he would actually pay like the mortgage, the utilities, all that stuff. I mean, with his wife, but his wife would pay for all the vacations. Right. So, so it was like a that. segmented. I, I just want to add one more thing because okay. I think that the separate accountant we is like more for not married people. Yeah, we're we're, we're different, but um, I think that if you are married. You know, and I think it makes sense to join your stuff. You should each have things that you're responsible for, similar to what you suggested, like utilities versus whatever, or one person manages the finances. Maybe you discuss it once a week because then it's like um, economics of scale, you know, where you just do this and then she could do something else. And so you, together you could achieve more mm-hmm. as, opposed to, as opposed to both doing the same things. And, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Melissa, I hope that answered your question, or at least got you started somewhere with that. Uh, Next question comes from Andrew. Not you, Andrew. Andrew M. Andrew M. I'm Andrew F. Okay, good to know. My (laughs) my fiancé doesn't have a credit card. We will be married in the next few months and sharing accounts. Most likely, she'll be integrated into mine. Will this affect my credit score? Should I add her as an authorized user to my credit cards, or is it best for her to have her own? I I toss this to you. I'm so, gonna, I know my answer immediately. Well, what's your answer? Have her get her own. Don't mm. add her to your credit cards. So um, that's actually what you should do uh, for the best result. So I um, did some research, uh-huh. and it turns out there's like this myth that when you get married, your your uh, credit scores merge. And so if you marry someone with low credit score or no credit score, it severely drags down Both of you. one. Right. Yeah. Um, that's not true. There is no concept of a joint credit score. Individual people have credit scores. Okay. So if you were to open a joint account with your wife or with another person, whatever, um, you would each be having 50% of the risk. You know, and both be 50% liable for whatever debt and so it would take into account both your credit scores but since the risk is divided not that heavy if you have the credit card account and you add a card onto your existing account you assume a hundred percent of the risk Mm. so then in that scenario you also build a hundred percent of the credit and the person with the card that you know your significant other gets like the most minimal benefit okay so what I, what I suggested is that it is important because now imagine you're buying a house. Um, sure, you could have killer credit and you can get a great deal, but imagine if you had two people that were earning with excellent credit. You can get that much better of a deal. So it makes sense for you to try and build and maintain both of your credit scores. So you should try and go joint and you know build it up, uh, build hers up, you know help her um, – Build a credit score so that it would be more useful to both of you. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I don't like it. Why? So keep your own shit, man. Yeah. I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> you know, I know I heard a story once. Um, a guy, you know, he was the breadwinner of the house and he was the guy who paid all the bills and mm-hmm. he got tired of paying bills one day and just started shoving everything in the drawers. And just like not paying his bills, and this is the guy who's in charge. This is the guy who's he had a job, and he just mm. like went nuts and just said, "Fuck it, I'm not paying my bills anymore." And that's not cool. No, and you he know? could, could drag wife, everyone down with yeah, you. Yeah, wife's like all pissed or whatever. I don't know what happened like in the end, but 
I just, I don't know. So, so I think like that isn't necessarily the the argument to not have a joint account. I know, I'm, I think, but I'm a pessimist that, that, in the relationship field. I, look, and I, I understand, and there's clearly a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. I think you got to try and look optimistic, and the way you could cut it off at the pass is to make sure, if you're not the decision maker, I mean, make what sure you are. If, what happens if you have this joint credit card account and – in my case, my wife, for instance, mm. my wife goes out and just like buys a fifty billion dollars worth of shoes. Or oh my god, I'm being very sexist uh, right on, on her. So I would say, if it was a joint account, what, what I was going to say before is you need to have weekly discussions. You need to be even if he's but doing what if she all just the goes work, rogue on me and just like or vice versa. Like what if like, so the a guy only just way goes rogue, rogue on you? The only way rogue can happen is if it's a private thing. That's theirs, not shared. There's no visibility, and if there, and then, and I, I mean, would, yeah, go I would, rogue, I would go, you so, go rogue, but you're just gonna screw yourself. I don't want to get, I don't want my credit score to be affected because you don't know how to buy uh, responsibly. So look, the going rogue piece. Uh, if they're if they're not willing to share, you know, I would see that as a red flag that there must be something to hide. But if it's joint, it is your responsibility. If especially if you're not making the payments, to at least be a once a month abreast. Of what's going on. <laughs> I said breast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just being a child. Uh, so uh, so w- what's your final answer? So I think joint actually now, – now actually I've, been, I've convinced myself further. I think joint makes excellent sense because especially if you Not have a Not just adding someone as an authorized user. Right. Okay. And l- unless you got like a sugar daddy so, or sugar So open mom. up a new credit card with both of both your names. Both your names. On. That's yeah. how you both share the benefit. Mm-hmm. But if, if somebody's just an authorized user, that will not help the authorized user's credit that much. Correct. Okay. Good to know. Question number three comes from Alice, and that is invest or not to invest. My company is giving out a mid-year bonus. Do I go for stock options, three years vesting, or the cash? So um, Alice's company is not public. It's a, it's a startup, yep. a small one. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I, it's hard to say. What it is I see in you? Sorry, stole the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's it's hard because I I don't know the company. Uh This is the whole thing with do your own damn research. Where I I haven't done the research, so I can't tell her specifically to do it or not. But I could I could pose a couple questions that you know are worth thinking on. Do you want me? You want my? Because I have an answer actually. Yeah, tell me. My simple answer is uh, take the cash and go invest in something else like the entire stock market because doing the stock options is way riskier in your company that's a startup. Yes, it is It is way riskier. Way riskier. And that, that's what I try to guide her towards. Just but then, of course- take the cash and go put it in to the entire stock market. Go invest in a couple of index funds, Vanguard, Betterment, uh, the entire S&P, the entire Dow, whatever it is, uh, but take the cash and just go immediately invest it. Question is, what yeah. if this company was, you know, what if this was like 10 years ago, the company was called Google? <laughs> yeah, um, there's no regrets. That's I'd rather be no regrets. Uh, so the, the thing is, you need to understand the business, understand the competitors. Even if you did, you even to, if you understood it all, there are so many variables that, that it, it could just tank. Yeah. You know, the company could be the best thing ever. 
Uh, but then the CEO has a nervous breakdown and, you know, shits on everybody's desk and, you know, totally tears <laughs> it, burns down the entire building and everything gets lost. It, it, obviously, that's ridiculous. But mm. this, it, there is no guarantees. There is, there is, uh, there is a guarantee in cash. And that can be invested in a safer, more reliable option rather than a startup, which, yes, you can make a lot of money very quick. But what is our what is our feelings about investing is that it's a long term and we're all about average investing. Mm. So I am not out for the get rich quick thing. What happened with Andrew? You know, he took he took stock options in Lehman Brothers. Are you are you regretful? Yeah, okay. I lost a lot of money. And that that's kind of why I mean I advised her against it. And I tried I tried to um not take a side, uh not tell her what to do, but ask her questions that she would have to answer that would maybe make her realize that she does not know as much as she Maybe how about this? Is it It's easy it, to go with the elation, the if excitement. It's possible, diversify. You know, maybe put 25% of that money into your own company and take the 75% into cash and put it in, in the entire stock market. Spread out your risk if she can do that. I, I would say just, just to end like the thing, like okay. um, ask yourself not how much money you will make and how successful it will be. You, you need to sit down and you need to ask yourself how will this not work out? Why would this not work? Yeah, be a pessimist because uh, the worst case scenario, you keep your cash, right? You you have your cash, but it was the well, most. The worst case scenario, she gets no more mid year bonuses because it's just the company tanks, and then she loses her job. Well, yeah, and then <laughs> the worst, well, the worst I mean, case worst scenario case. is I guess you're left with nothing. I mean, yeah, you're left with. Yeah. It's really not a bad scenario if you. And have it's some. a bonus, so it's just it is extra money. And if there's vesting, you don't even get to touch it for. Sometimes three so, years, yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. This one comes from Edwin. I have about seven, eight grand in credit card debt. I've been taking care of it by transferring it over to zero percent interest cards, making aggressive payments, on time payments, and just staying on top of things like a good boy should do. I guess I can always pay things off in time and rebuild my credit also in the process, which isn't that bad to be begin with in the low 700s. But I do have a way of completely getting rid of it if I wanted to do so. When I was a kid, my dad has been putting away money for me and is now up to about $20,000. Should I pay this off or start saving? It's a kind of a pride thing, too, because I just like to handle it myself. But at the same time, this debt has bogged me down for some time now. And I am 28 and ready to start making moves. You just knocked it out of the park with your reading ability there. Thank you. I started losing my <laughs> my, my, my name vision. is Matt G- Ebenezer. I started losing my vision when I was reading it towards the end. I had it good in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> I saw you were just about to black out. Yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I should I should make these fonts a little bigger. Uh, wow. I don't know. What do you What do you think? So, um. He he's doing this whole jockeying around of of zero percent interest cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I do just want to put out there that uh, to do a balance transfer to a zero percent APR card, 
um, is not done out of the goodness of the heart of a credit card company, a balance transfer comes with a one-time fee. Not always. Um, I not actually always. haven't. I actually haven't seen one. I have. that that doesn't. Not so, always. I'll tell you what. Uh, if if you know of this, for a zero percent APR balance transfer to a credit card with no fees. With no fees, I've done it before. Email us, tweet us. I actually want to know because I am yeah. Extreme, own, here's what they I, just, I have not. They're seen just this. buying up your debt. That's all. They want your debt because they're assuming that if you're transferring in the first place, you can't pay your debt, and you're going to make money off the interest. Mm. That's how they get you in. Well, the reason I'm skeptical is I have killer credit, and I, I've not gotten any of these in the mail. I've gotten tons that require it's fees. It's an incentive. It's an incentive to move over to a different card company. Yes, they, no, they I, buy, I understand. They the want to buy up your debt. Yeah. Uh, so, the question is not that. The question is no, no. I know. I wanted to preface that. Okay. But. The question is: Should he use? He has twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Should he use it to pay off his debt? So there, he has seven, eight grand in debt, twenty k in investments or, or savings or something, but the debt is zero percent APR. So I would say no, don't withdraw, and pay it down. And if there comes a point where you are having APR. Uh, then, then you need to withdraw from your savings, investing, whatever, and pay it down. All right. I don't know what this debt. It's credit card debt, so mm. I imagine it's nothing to do with school or anything. Mm. So this is probably just shit he has in his house that he bought, mm. or or a car or whatever the hell. Uh, no, nah, obviously not a car. He has seven to eight grand in debt in credit card, so it's just it's purchased items or per, you know food or whatever the case may be. Right. First thing I would do: audit everything that you bought with your credit card. If it's still in your house and you don't use it, you haven't used it in a year, sell it. Ah, dude, good idea, yeah. Uh, sell it and use that money to pay off the credit card debt. Mm. That's the first thing I would do. Now, you have 0% interest, so you can do that for a while. You know, you have some time, but get it done. Get it done quick. Mm-hmm. The quicker, the better. You might be able to shave 1000 bucks off that. Mm. Maybe. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eventually do that myself uh, in this month, by the end of this month. I'm just going to sell a bunch of crap. Now, now we're holding any, to that. Yeah, by the way, this month is August. Yeah, and it's August thirteenth. So yeah, I know. I don't have a lot of debt, but I don't have any debt. But mm-hmm. I just want to see how much I can sell. Do that. Then, uh, if you if it comes to the end of your zero percent APR, and you have not paid any fees in transferring the balances, and you have debt left, use the money, pay off the debt, get rid of it, and then never mm-hmm. do it again. Easier said than done, but mm. use it. Use the money, because if it's just sitting in savings right now and it's not making any money. Well, yes, yeah, so that was the thing is he didn't necessarily say if it was in investments or what. If it's in savings, like I'd be like, dude, yeah, I mean, you might it. as well just yeah, you might as well just use it. If it's in investments, gonna, yeah, because you're going to spend more than that in the in the interest that you're paying to the credit card companies. They don't deserve it. Yeah, you have the money, pay it off, make it not your problem anymore. Because you're not earning anything yeah in all that, well all that money that you're that you're going to end up paying towards the to the credit card companies and in interest you can use that money to save and build it back up to twenty thousand again yeah that's just and, money you're losing you know i understand the pride thing you want to be the self-made man whatever blah 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 the whole bit well dude yeah, like wait you till, kind wait of wait till you not have debt and you'll feel even fucking better mm. trust me on that i mean you you want to you want it's like a pride thing you don't want to use the debt your dad gave you he's family and he loves you and he's trying to help you out you instead used uh money from basically the devil Right, credit card companies—they'll they'll give you the money and they'll fuck you. So that's my advice. Mm. That gets me fired up. 
Debt stuff gets me fired up. <laughs> I'm like so matter of fact with debt stuff. Yeah. Uh, Edwin, thank you. Hope that mm. helps. Uh, if not, send me an email. Listen, money matters at Gmail, please. And that that's a pretty good situation also for a 28 year old. Hell yeah. So. Wish I had 20K. I was like, uh, you're definitely in a better situation than Matt right now. So. Yeah. Number five. Question number five comes from Allison. This one's a long one. couple parts. All right. So my family is in a good financial situation. We have no credit card debt. We drive around in a 10-plus-year-old paid-off cars. Roth IRA and 401ks are maxed each year, etc. Wow. We have three rental properties back in our old college town. One paid off bringing in $750 a month. One at 4.5% we owe $32,000 on with a $518 mortgage and a $1,050 rent per month. And one at 3.75 we owe $82,000 with a $615 mortgage and a $1,000 a month rent. So, so just to go back real quick, the mortgage payment on the first one is $518. They, they collect rent of $1,050. The next one, the mortgage payment is six fifteen, and they're collecting a thousand. Yeah. And the first one had an interest rate of four point five. Second one, three point seven five. Keep going. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so all cash flow and more. Uh, are, so all cash flow and more than cover the expenses. Our goal is to continue to purchase rental property every two to three years until we have about ten thousand dollars a month in income from rentals, and then my husband can retire from the Air Force. Wow. Sounds like an excellent plan and sounds like they're well on their way to executing it. All right. So here's the questions. My question is, where would you allocate an extra $2,000 a month between these choices? One, investments, lending club. Two, paying off the 4.5% mortgage quicker. Three, saving money until I have $30,000 saved for the down payment on my rental home. Or four, my rental savings in a conservative bond returning 4 to 5%. And... uh Okay. Yeah, we don't need to read that bottom part. All right. <clears throat> so, what do you think? She has she has an extra two thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And she's saying lending club, pay down the mortgages, or save for the next down payment. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm sorry. And then one more being uh, instead of lending club, like a conservative bond fund returns four to five percent. I think it's a little high. All right. So I'm for gonna, a conservative. Can I weed fund. out lending club? Sure. I would like to weed out that. Don't do that. So I'd say between paying off the mortgage, saving until she has uh, enough for a down payment, and a conservative bond returning 4 point four to 5%. Well, okay, let's think about this. Paying off the mortgage is 4.5%, which is right in between where the bond would be. Mm. Right? So she would invest in a bond. If she paid off her mortgage, then she would be... However, you must consider that... um the reason they're able to earn all this money is because they leveraged up, right? Leveraged up for cheap rates because technically they owe over $100,000 on their homes, but they're cash flow positive. So the mortgages are not necessarily bad. And also the 4.5% is not truly 4.5% because a certain amount of that gets written off on taxes. So it's actually lower. Okay. So should we rule out the mortgage, paying off the mortgage? I personally would rule that out. I Yeah. Okay. So the, I guess it becomes, should she save 
for a down payment on the next rental home. Mm. Uh, I actually, I kind of, I think I already know where I want to go with this. What could tell me? I think she should invest the money in a conservative bond, returning four to five percent until she has enough money to save for the down payment on the next house. That that's basically what I I told her. I mean, I elaborated on lending club. I'm and smart. To- <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Yay! I mean, look, they're in a great spot, and it's awesome that they have to—not have to ask, but they want to, you know. Yeah, yeah. They want to figure that out. Yeah, you know, figuring out the best, quickest way. Um, I think uh, since they seem to have it figured out how to rent and handle all that, and they they should keep going. All right. So you think? Put the money that she's this extra two thousand dollars in a conservative bond that's returning roughly four to five percent mm. until they have thirty thousand dollars saved up for the down payment on the next rental home. Yeah, no, which is also able- an invest, which is also an investment. Exactly, and then in a little bit more than a year, they'll be able to get the next home, and then that'll come with a little bit more income. So hopefully, it'll become a year, less than a year, and they'll be able to just start getting properties. Man, yeah, they're kicking ass. I like it. That's right. I mean, yeah. I, all right. I'm glad I came to that conclusion. I want to say that was kicking ass. They're they're kicking ass right now, but uh, I'm sure when they're getting started and up and until oh, this yeah. point, oh, yeah. sure it was difficult. And I know being a landlord is not easy. Mm. So props for coming up with an awesome strategy, executing on it, and just being a rock star. All right. So let's wrap things up. That was it. Uh, thank you to Melissa, Andrew, Alice, Edwin. And Allison for all of those questions. That's awesome. So, guys, if you have questions, you can email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. That's where we want you guys to send these questions. We will read them on the air. You can tell us if you don't want us to, and we won't, but right. um, just know that that could happen. And we like talking. We like doing the five questions. Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, and I want to read one uh, from Anthony Salerno. Um, I got that wrong. Saltero. Anthony mm. Saltero from the, from the United States. Five stars, helpful information, interesting ideas, entertainment. What more do you need? This podcast is great. Each episode is filled with interesting topics that will get you thinking. They bring on interesting guests that offer unique perspectives as well. It's just a plus these guys are funny, interesting, and fun to listen to. Conversations that can easily be boring are turned into informative, entertaining podcast. If you're interested in personal finance and are looking for ways to improve, this podcast is for you. Thank you, Anthony. That was awesome. That was really nice. I'm glad you think we're funny because we also think that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Check out our website, listenmoneymatters.com. And we have a videos page that I want you to check out. It's listenmoneymatters.com slash videos. And if you uh, want to see what the things that we recommend online – or offline, or whatever the case may be for personal finance, you can check out listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. So that's it. Andrew, anything else you want to add before I wrap things up? Woo! All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we look forward to the next episode later, Andrew. Later, Matt.